0: For National Federation of High School Rules, you can have a foul that occurs so close to the expiration of time that we have zeros on the clock, but we're having a player shoot free throws. <music> Greetings and welcome back to another edition of the Basketball Rules Expert Podcast, where we lift the National Federation of High School Rules off of the printed page. We breathe life into them, simplify, clarify, and amplify, then give them back to you in a form you could take with you onto the basketball court where it is most important. Greetings. My name is Greg Austin with a betterofficial.com. I've been a high school basketball official for over a decade, and I'm a basketball rules expert. This show is all about helping you on your journey to becoming a basketball rules expert as well. Today, we're going to draw questions from the question deck with the purpose of answering the questions, but also peeling back layers and getting to underlying rules involved in the questions underlying definitions involved in the questions, as well as any underlying fundamentals and concepts of the rules so that we have a stronger breadth of understanding of the rules of high school basketball. Before we get started, shout out to show supporters Van Clark, David York, John Folena, and Griffin Thurston. Much appreciated and much love. If you want to be a show supporter, You can always buy us a coffee. There's a link in the show notes below. All right, let's get started today with our first question. Question. With Team A leading by six points, which of the following is or are true when at the end of the fourth period, B1 is fouled on a successful try and the timer is unable to stop the clock before time expires after the foul, with the ball still in the air. A. B1's goal is awarded, no free throw is shot. B. B1 is awarded two free throws. C. B1 is awarded one free throw. D. B1's goal is canceled. Couple of important points here. So, we have Team A ahead by six points. Time is winding down. Just before the horn, the Team B player releases a try and is fouled. The horn sounds. The clock shows zero. The horn has sounded. The ball is in flight. The ball goes in the basket. Cutting the lead, let's say say it was a two-point try, cutting the lead to four points with zero on the clock. What happens next? We're obviously going to count the goal. It was released prior to the horn. It happened so close to the end of the period that the clock operator was not able to stop the clock in time and time expired. couple of important points. So what about the free throw? That player is entitled to a free throw. Will that free throw be shot? Let's look at Rule 5-6, and there's an exception in the rule that explains exactly how to handle this situation, and it's an important exception to understand for National Federation of High School Basketball Rules. If a foul occurs so near the expiration of time that the timer cannot get the clock stopped before time expires or after time expires... But, while the ball is in flight during a try or tap for field goal, the quarter or extra period ends when the free throws and all related activity have been completed. No penalty or part of a penalty carries over from one quarter or extra period to the next, except when a correctable error, as in 2-10, is rectified. No free throws must be attempted after time has expired for the fourth quarter or any extra period unless the points would affect the outcome of the game. So that's super important concept to understand is we will never shoot free throws after the expiration of time unless those free throws could affect the outcome of the game. In this situation, we now have a four-point lead, Team B would have one free throw. That will not affect the outcome of the game. We will not shoot the free throw. Okay, so by rule. Let's look at our possible answers. B1's goal is awarded. No free throw is shot. That is the correct answer. Other ones, B1 is awarded two free throws. That's not a thing. C, B1 is awarded one free throw. That would be the case if there was any time left on the clock. Hmm. D, B1's goal is canceled. No, that was a legal goal. We're going to score the goal. But what about one free throw is awarded? If the try was released before the horn, then there has to be time on the clock, right? Wrong. This situation is specifically addressed by rule. Okay? Important to understand, the foul occurred so close to the expiration of time that the clock could not be stopped. Human beings were not able to do that timing. The officials in this instance have no authority to put time back on the clock. If this was the the end of the third period, that player would shoot his free throw. And that player would do so with the lane cleared because there's no time on the clock. Okay, so just understand for National Federation of High School rules, you can have a foul that occurs so close to the expiration of time that we have zeros on the clock, but we're having a player shoot free throws. That is a possibility. In this situation, at the end of the game, we will not shoot the free throw because it would not affect the outcome of the game. Team A receives a technical foul after time runs out in regulation, with Team B trailing by two points. Team B makes both the technical foul free throws. How is the extra period begun? A with a jump ball, B with a throw-in to Team A, C, with a throw-in to Team B as the result of the technical foul, or D, with a throw-in to whichever team has the alternating possession arrow in its favor. Okay, we have another end-of-game scenario that's tricky. And obviously, at the end of the game, we want to be 100% correct in all of our rulings because it's going to affect, have an immediate effect on the result of the game. So, we have to be fantastic. Okay, so it's a contested game. Team A is ahead on the scoreboard by two points, but let's say a Team A player taunts a Team B player about the fact that they had just lost the game. The officials witness this, they assess a bench technical foul. The question is how is the extra period begun? But really, the question is what happens next? How do we administer this? Do we administer this, et cetera? Like with our previous question, let's say it was a six-point lead. And we assess that same technical foul on that player. We're going to handle things differently. Because in this instance, the technical foul free throws could change the game. And so we will shoot those technical foul free throws. But our possible answers are, we're going to start the extra period with a jump ball, with a throw into team A, throw into team B as the result of the tactical foul. So it will be a division line throw in opposite the table or give teams the error. Okay. So those are our options on this question. In this situation, we're going to take a look at rule five six, where we were just at. And we're going to look this time at exception number four. If a technical foul occurs after the ball has become dead to end a quarter or extra period, the next quarter or extra period is started by administering the free throws. So, under normal circumstances, if a technical foul occurs after a period has ended, the horn has sounded, teams are going back to their bench, one team taunts another, bench technical it occurred after the, the, the period had ended, we're going to treat that, we're going to handle that as part of the next period. We would start the next period by penalizing the tactical foul free throws, two free throws and the ball at the division line opposite the table. That throw-in would not be an alternating possession throw-in, so the arrow wouldn't be used. So this, is under, this was under normal circumstances in periods one through three. In this instance, though, this applies when the foul occurs after any quarter has ended, including the fourth quarter, provided there is to be an extra period. So, tie score at the end of the game, same situation, we have a taunt, bench technical. With the score tied, it's treated exactly the same as if it occurred earlier in the game. We will begin the extra period by penalizing the tactical foul, two free throws and the ball at the division line opposite the table. When the ball became live for the throw-in, we would set the arrow to the opponent since we have not established alternating possession for the overtime period. But our third scenario is, if there is no way to determine whether there will be an extra period until the free throws are administered, The free throws are attempted immediately as if the foul had been part of the preceding quarter. Okay? We're in a situation where these free throws could send us into overtime. These free throws will be shot. But since whether we play overtime hinges on the result of the free throws, we have to treat the free throws as part of the preceding quarter or period. So since they will materially can materially affect the outcome of the game, we will shoot the free throws, but these free throws are considered to be part of the fourth period. Important to understand that because it's going to affect how we begin the overtime period. If the penalty was assessed and administered as a result of the in the fourth period, then there's no carryover. And we'd begin the overtime period with a jump ball. So our correct answer is A, with a jump ball. Good question. Gets us to that exception. Helps us f- cement our understanding of situations that can occur at the end of a basketball game that can test our rules knowledge when we want to be at our best. Thanks for joining us today on the Basketball Rules Expert podcast. As always, we have a quiz back at the website, betterofficial.com and there's a link to the quiz in the show notes. If you want to be a supporter of the show, you can always buy us a coffee at abetterofficial.com slash coffee, and there's a link in the show notes. All right, everybody, we will see you in the next podcast episode.